What's up, everybody? Massey is here. He's back. He's doing his thing. It's all good. It's all good. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in this morning uh, to Self-Evident Podcast. If you haven't done so yet, go to theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com, and y'all can find out so much more about what we're doing, how we're doing it. And guys, comment below where y'all are from. I'll get on the chats here in a second. Uh, just checking in. To, 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 I'm in Texas right now, if you guys haven't noticed. I'm also doing an Instagram Live, which is great. Uh, so, guys, again, go on to theselfevidenttruth.com. What's up, Shalene? What's up, uh, Destiny? What's going on? What's going on? So I'm going to put the camera right there for the, um, for the Instagrams. I'm in this really cool area here. They put me in this place of... Uh, in the hotel, they actually comped me, comped me, the, you know, room. Hey, Shalene, Northern Nevada, where are you guys from? Come on, comment. I need engagement here, folks. I've been speaking for a week and a half here. I got one more event tomorrow night and I go home. Mikey's actually on his way home. Uh, he was here in Texas for about three, four days, uh, actually five days. And uh, they drove late last night to go back to Florida. I fly out Friday night. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. And y'all could... Uh, Please pray for us. we got a lot going on uh, in our world, which is totally fine. We love it. Um, and so, guys, forgive us. We're just trying to, um, for some dumb reason, when I share it on my page, it only goes to my friends, not public. So I'm, I'm switching that now. All right, cool. North Carolina, what's up, baby? What's up? What's up, little Micah? Hey, is that Katie Luttrell? She's on. Amber Bowie, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Brandon, good morning, bro. Jupiter, what's going on, baby? What's going on? So, guys, I'm going to fill us in right now. It may be a little bit spotty. This Internet's a little tricky. Uh, so please bear with us um, as we're trying to get this done. I'm not going to spend too much time today um, on what we're going to talk about. But if you guys need prayer this morning, please let us know. Um, we would love to pray with you uh, and that kind of thing. So, uh, Shalene, praying for you. We're heading to Branson, Missouri with my youth group for a rally. Pray for encounters. Praise God. We'll be praying for you on that. Now, this morning, um, share this video if you guys want it to get out there to more people. Please share this video. We want it to get out there to so many more people. Um, if you're on YouTube land, uh, please uh, tell us where you're from. Comment down below, and we'll get right into it. Guys, you see this new shirt? Life, Liberty, Pursuit of Holiness. I'm going to switch the camera angle, actually. I think I can. I think I can switch this. Uh, mirror. Bam. Now, watch this. Boom. It's in black, too. Life, Liberty, Pursuit of Holiness. You guys can pick one of those up at the shop, theselfevidenttruth.com. So what am I talking about today? I'm talking about there's nothing new under the sun. And so let's get into it. Good morning, Dad. My dad's on Instagram. Um, so listen, the last few days I've been in Texas um, have been awesome. We've been doing some, 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 re, uh, some, some, some youth ministry stuff. We're doing some conferences and things like that. I think, though, where we're at as a country is if we don't turn around the morale on our own bus, we can't expect for America to turn around its own morale on its own bus. Does that make sense? I think what we're facing right now uh, is insurmountable to, to humans, to, to a man, if that makes sense. And so if you agree with that, comment down below. It's nothing by our hands that we can do to get this done. There is no flipping way. We can do this in our own strength. It's just none. Hey, Andrew, what's going on, baby? Um, and and so the last few days, I've been talking to some patriots. I've been talking to some different folks like atheists. 
uh, and things like that. And and to the Patriots side, I want to commend you if you're one of the fighters uh, fighting this fight of liberty. If you're one of those folks, I'm commending you right now. Uh, this fight has not been easy, uh, obviously, for the Christian to, to get involved in. At the same time, we can't be cowards in these days. Like we can't be cowards in these moments. And it seems like people, when they get involved in the fight, they get the first, they get that first excitement, that rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, we're gonna do this, we're gonna go win, we're gonna go overcome, we're gonna do all the things. And then first trials hit and we're like, oh crap, what the heck, I didn't, uh, right? And so you look at, I, I look at now um, what what is transpiring, uh, out there and i'm thinking to myself lord look if you don't come through for us what are we going to do what are we going to set in its place father how are we going to handle all this and so we're going to be talking about some encouragement today uh guys go ahead and please reshare this video if you can and let's get into it um if you guys don't know um we have a ministry uh that travels all over the country we preach uh so many different things like righteousness goodness truth we preach about american exceptionalism we preach on the the founders and their faith, we preach on the, found, the, 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 the God that brought us the idea of America, all these other things and more. So we preach on so many different things. And today I want y'all, we're gonna do a little Bible study, okay? But who's ready for a Bible study this morning? I need it just as much as everyone else does, right? So if everyone has a Bible on their phone, go, write, go open it to Ecclesiastes 1, 9 through 11. We're gonna read scripture together, okay? We're gonna talk about this morning how there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. Therefore, the Bible says, do not be troubled. Don't be troubled at what's happening out there. And he didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power, right? So don't be alarmed at what's happening. So repost this video because we're doing some Bible study this morning, okay? Now, Ecclesiastes 1, 9 verse 11. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, 9 through 11, okay? I'm going to type that in there. Ecclesiastes 1, 9 through 11, okay? Read. Read this. We're going to read it together right now. That which has been is that which will be, he says. And that which has been done is that which will be done. So there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new. He said if there's any thing of which one might say see it's new this is what this is oh my gosh it's new this is so crazy he said already it has existed for ages which were before us there's no remembrance of earlier things and also of the latter things which will occur there will be for them no remembrance among those who will come later still what he's saying here is i'm gonna i'm gonna dump i'm gonna modify it simplify it okay history merely repeats itself it's all been done before there's nothing under the sun that is truly new and sometimes people say hey here's something new how many of you guys heard out there please comment below this whole thing about oh my gosh new world order it's oh and the governments are coming together and we've never seen this before now they're killing babies at nine months and oh my gosh and it's just so so insurmountable and i don't know what to do and uh you know how are we going to win this thing and i hope jesus comes back so he takes us out of our duty Jesus, just come back, which I'm praying for too. Lord, I want you to come back. Maranatha, let's go. Let's go get it done. But the, the, the issue I'm having today is he's not here yet. And he's commanded us 
to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He's commanded us to go out in those fields. For me, there's a fight for there's a fight for this country's constitution. Nowhere in scripture does it say, come them to the churches so that we might preach to them. It says, go into all the world. So we're doing a little Bible study this morning, okay? Now, it's hard. It's hard to, to have hope and faith when you see the headlines out there today. How many of you guys believe the media? How many of you guys believe the media? Write it down below. If you don't believe the media, say, I don't believe it. Or no, I don't. Write it down below. Work with me here, okay? Work with me here. Do you believe the media or don't you? Obviously, you may not, hopefully. But many Christians act as though they do. And let me tell you why. Yesterday, I asked that question at a group. Do you guys believe the media? Everyone said, no. And I said, then why is your morale down right now in this group? Why is the morale down? Why does it feel like you guys at Cincinnati here? One guy yelled out, because all the negativity out there, every term, everywhere you turn, there's something negative going on. I'm like, so you do believe the media. You do believe them. You do believe this is happening. You do believe that the media has an influence and it's out there and it's bombarding you right now. You do believe. And the Bible says to sanctify your mind daily by the renewing of the word. That's what it says to do. But instead, we're going to the local news media or sometimes on our Twitter feeds or sometimes on our Instagrams. And we're seeing all the negativity out there. We're seeing what the world is posting. What the heck happened today? Another shooting, another school this, another presidential that. Or, you know, we, we go on our social medias to see what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, presidential gaffe is happening today. How did Biden screw up? And this is what we do with ourselves. We run ourselves ragged with the media. And we tell ourselves we don't believe it, but we act as if we do. Even though you say you don't, but your morale is down. And so we're going to talk about that today. Do you guys know there's some, did you guys know in 2019, New York City or the whole, the, uh, I think it was New York City, bans declawing cats. And I remember reading that one time and everybody was laughing. And I said, you know, it's so funny. Government was never instituted to do that. And so we look at the media and we go, what the flip are they doing, right? Why, why are they acting like this? They're doing that because they're trying to get under your craw, under your skin, if you will. They're doing it because they want you to be afraid. They want you to submit. They want to beat you down, right? And government in its own right today is super, super sociopathic, narcissistic, if you will, sociopathic. They will do whatever it takes to make sure you're gaslit as a Christian, you're gaslit into submission, you're gaslit into uh, 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 not knowing truth. As a matter of fact, how do you go and say the sound of freedom, this movie, the sound of freedom, and then call all those people QAnon conspirators. You know, you, you, you see this a lot with the media and, and how they try to play your mind and, and in your heart. And so I look at this and I go, you know, there's something wrong indefinitely with this country as far as its leadership goes. But can I ask you a question? Where in the Constitution and Declaration of Independence ever call our government the leaders? You know who the leaders are in our country? I'm looking at them. And someone will take a gaffe of this and take my picture and say I'm crazy. But you know what's crazy? The, 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 the beginning preamble of the Constitution says, we the people, with an exclamation point. I added the exclamation point for Ephesus, right? We the people. 
are the ones that give them the authority to do what they do. So who are the leaders effectively in America? Is it the government or is it us who have allowed the people, right? We allow them to do what they need to do. Remember in the declaration when it says they only derive their just powers from the consent of those who are governed. From the consent, they can only do what you consent to do, right? And so I look at this and I go, okay, are they an authority or is God an authority? I don't care what they say. I don't care what atheists say. I don't care how bad the transgender movement is, which it's not. It's less than, you know, what is it, 2% of America in this whole agenda. Uh, and there's way more Christians than that if they actually were vocal and, and, and stood up and did, you know, did more. But I'm going to say this. If they don't have the authority, then why are you afraid? Why are we afraid? And don't tell me you're not because I get there too. So like, and I fight with the best of them. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, this fight is insurmountable. Lord, and I'm just going to shoot straight with you. These are my prayers sometimes. Lord, there's no way we're going to win this thing. There's just no way. I don't know what to do. Just when I think we got a leg up, comment below if you agree with me. Man, I think we got a victory. And then all of a sudden something else stupid happens. I, I just set that victory back 10 steps, you know. And here's where I'm, here's where, here's where I think is so funny. It's like the Lord and the Holy Spirit are right there in my ear saying to me, exactly. It's impossible for you to do. It's impossible for you to win. It is impossible. There's nothing that's impossible, though, for God. And I feel like if it's not new, there's nothing new under the sun, that if it happened one time, it can happen again. But it didn't just happen one time. It happened multiple times where the Lord delivered his country. He delivered his people. He delivered the, from those who are crying out to him on behalf of their tyranny, right? So we're going to go through some of these examples. There's a preacher named Thomas Watson, um, old preacher, and he said that Satan takes great advantage of discontent. Satan takes great advantage when we're all discombobulated and we're all freaking out and we don't know what to do and we're confused and we're at home freaking out and we're saying to ourselves under our breath so that our kids don't hear it, Lord, what am I going to do with my children? He loves that. The Bible, he actually says here, he loves to fish in these troubled waters. Satan loves to fish in troubled waters. He loves to just pick them off, right, and get them out there. And I think this is why it's so important to stay in the word, stay in the word, stay in prayer. Government does not own you or control you. It does not. God owns. God has the cattle on a thousand hills. The government of the Lord is on the uh, the government is on the upon the Lord's shoulders. So we're going to start speaking some wisdom. Charles Spurgeon actually said this, an old preacher in England. He said, in the darkest ages, Christ has always had a church. And if darker times still shall come, Christ will still have his church. What that does to me is it shows me that man can do what he wants to do. But do you notice that every time tyrannical governments have ever happened, the Christian always stands tall? You can try to snuff them out every time, but the Christian always stands tall. Now, I'm going to say something to you. It's going to get dark. We're going to face some battles. We're going to face some wars. We're going to face some crazy things, right? But all of that is because of the sin that we've allowed. So we're going to reap, obviously, the fruit of what we allow. Uh, the Bible says, blessed is the man who's not condemned in the thing which he allows. If we allow it to happen, we're going to eat the fruit of that tree that we've allowed to grow, right? So tyranny's kind of grown out there and all these other things. That's why we do this. That's why we go out there and say, look, let's stop tyranny. And guys, we're seeing it happen all over the country. You're just not hearing about it through the media. So let's continue, right? Um, I'm not going to go through that. So did you guys know? So, so we're talking about there's nothing new under the sun. Hey, uh, Angel, what's up, girl? Um, we're going through there's nothing new 
under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun, right? So I'm going to tell you something. Does it seem, please comment below, insurmountable out there? There's just no way. It's easy for us as Christians to cop out and say, you know what? <sighs> just Jesus come back. You know, we're, we, we weren't called to this world anyways. We were called, you know, to go just preach Jesus. Well, dude, if that was the truth, then Jesus would be changing things. But because people are saying we should preach Jesus only and you don't see things change out there, they're preaching the wrong Jesus because Jesus literally turned the world upside down. When Christ came on the scene, it was insane. And nobody really likes to talk about that kind of Jesus. He didn't just come just to love us and save us. He came to transform too. He came to set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. That's how he taught his disciples to pray. So it's not just preaching Jesus. If we're preaching the full counsel of Jesus, then he also said, let thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we have a lot of work to do, right? But if we look at the government today and we hear all the shadow government and the, 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 the what do they call it? Uh, the, 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 the black, you know, there's like something nefarious in the back, all those other things. Well, I'm just going to talk about a couple of governments and see if this sounds familiar to you. Did you guys know that the most powerful king in history was the king of Great Britain. This was in the 17, 1600s, okay? English Bill of Rights, all that stuff. They controlled, uh, I'm sorry, the king of Britain controlled 13 million square miles under his rule. Just 13 million square miles. And he had over a half a billion people under his rule. A half a billion, okay? That's a lot of folk. Now watch this. He had control of all of India, Hong Kong, New Zealand, Australia, Egypt, Kenya, uh, uh, Canada, the Bahamas. He had South Africa. He had all these countries and territories. He ruled them. He was in control. How many of you guys have heard of the New World Order again? This was the New World Order right here. This was an order set up by one man who was the king. And we decide as a nation, as America, as the states, as the colonies to say, yeah, we're not allowing this anymore. We're not going to do this anymore. So you know what we do? We decide to break off from this entire entity, this entire mothership of a government with no Navy and no army. And we said, we're done. And then we get together in 1774 and we call in Reverend Jacob Duche and he does a two hour prayer service. He reads Psalm 35, lights up everybody. John Adams actually said, it was, as, it was as if heaven ordained for that psalm to be read on that morning. He said his prayer, Duchesne's prayer, filled every man's bosom present with the Spirit of God. It filled everybody inside the room. Guys, I'm just going to challenge you right now. When is the last time you took two hours to pray for this country? When is the last time you took two hours to pray for your children, to pray for your city or your state or your pastor? or your, your wife, or your, your husband. Some of you may be having marriage problems and you're sitting over here going, I don't know what to do. Well, have you fasted and prayed for them? Because these guys from eight, 1774 to 1816 had over like, it was like 1500 government issued days of prayer and fasting. But what's so crazy is most patriots want the God of heaven to come back and do what he did, but we're not willing to submit ourselves to God's plan and fast and intercede and pray for this country. We're not willing to go deep with God and say, no, Lord, we're going to do this together. Lord, we're going to, we're going to take on your will and, and, and we're going to say we're going to submit ourselves in prayer. So go ahead and share this video because we're going to get it out there. I've been challenging myself and others, other patriots. Don't sit here and ask God to do something when you're not willing to put yourself as a living sacrifice for God.
like it says in Hebrews, we're not willing to be living sacrifices. And some will say, well, that sounds like works. You know, Massey, that sounds like works. No, if I love God, I want the kingdom of heaven on earth. I'm depleting myself of self to get the God of heaven to come through in righteousness. So I'm challenging myself just as much as I am you guys. I'm challenging constantly myself. But when we talk about prayer, we sit here and go, you know, two hours of prayer, that's insane. When do we have time for that? Well, maybe we need to start getting rid of things that are distracting our time. Right? Maybe we need to start getting rid of things that are distracting us and walking in righteousness and truth and goodness and boldness. Maybe we need to do that again. Maybe we need to get rid of things that don't matter anymore. Maybe we need to get rid of things that are blocking and hindering us from hearing the voice of God. Maybe we need to start waking up, thanking and praising God, screaming. I think it's in Psalms when he says, I will shout of your goodness in the morning time, Lord. I will shout of you in the morning. You imagine waking up next to your wife and just shouting <laughs> the goodness of God and waking her up and then she get mad at you. You know what I mean? Like she's like, praise God out there. You know what I mean? I'm sleeping. It's all obedience. Everything is obedience. Now, let me go back here and say they didn't start off in 1774 just like, yes, let's start praying and fasting. Did you know that in the 1700s, while we had the most powerful king in history, Great Britain, all this other stuff, did you know that the religious spirit died down in the 1700s, in the early 1700s? Did you know that communities flourished and the sense of dis, uh, distinct religious identity diminished? When we started to prosper, we started to forget God. How many of you guys have ever read Deuteronomy before? He said, beware that the Lord your God and your prosperity. Did you guys know that Christian belief was under attack and more rational thinking became popular? The Enlightenment era came uh, through all of this. And some will criticize the Enlightenment era. The Enlightenment era, I believe, was godly uh, in a sense that it came through men to open up our minds to say, wait a minute. It's, it's greater than just being submitted to a government. So that's my take on the Enlightenment era. I can explain more later. Deism was a popular teaching. Uh, a lot of our uh, universities that were training ministers were starting to go downhill and create more of a, uh, a philosophy type teaching instead of a biblical type teaching. So um, in the early 1700s, in the early 1700s, it was happening a lot like what is happening right now. Tyranny, godlessness, all these other things. But then, you know what the ministers prayed for at that time? Lord, we need a revival of religious spirit. And the first great awakening came. And the Wesley brothers started preaching. They preached for five years up in the New England territories. And they preached on uh, faith that's in you produces an inward and an outward holiness. And so you weren't hearing sermons like that. You know what you were hearing? Sermons like this, belong to our church, come to our church, be a part of our church, it's our church. And if you're not a part of our church, some states would actually kick you out. Some of the colonies, they'd be like, see ya, you're not Presbyterian, deuces, Catholic, get out of our state. I mean, can you imagine, does that sound like Christ? No, it sounds like religion. It sounds like religion to me, right? Here's another one. George Whitfield began to preach for about seven, eight years in the Northwest, or the New England territories. And he said something that started to spark the revivals in America. He said, I'm verily persuaded that the generality of preachers talk of an unknown and an unfelt Christ. Have you guys ever been to a church where it's like they're just preaching? They're just singing songs. I'm just here going through the motions. How many of us have ever been going through the motions? And then he says this, and the reason why many congregations are so dead in America is because dead men are preaching to them. And, and, and here's where I'm going to encourage you. I get to travel all over this country. And do you know that there's puppets all over this country that are preaching the righteousness of God now? Their, their, their pulpits are aflame again. 
they're beginning to wake up again. You're just not hearing about them. Do you know why? Because do you think ABC, CBS, NBC, the Associated Press, Yahoo News, uh, Vox, and all these other stations are going to say, look at the church. It's alive again. Wow, you should go check one out sometime. <laughs> no, they're going to lie to you and say that you're, you're, you're dead, you're toast. Your morality is antiquated and ancient. Your Bible is like so old school and the Constitution is old school. Do you think they're going to promote Christ? No, they're not going to give a crap about God. They're not going to care, right? But then I'm seeing now where there are preachers that are standing. There are way more preachers that you're just not hearing about. They're the Jack Hibbses and all these other guys, our pastor at our church. We're preaching the righteousness and fullness of God. We're preaching the full counsel of the Lord. It's not just the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus came to correct us from our sins and, and, and uh, save us and redeem us from our sins. He came to remove sin from us so that we might walk in holiness so that the Holy Spirit might flow through us. He came to change and to save his people, the Bible says in Matthew 1, 21, from their sins. And so that's the full counsel of God. He didn't come to keep us in our sins. He didn't come so that man, uh, Christ could conform to man. And you know what? Fit him in when you want to. Try him out for 30 days. You know what I mean? That's just such a stupid preaching. And what's happening now is we're seeing pastors rise up, and we're actually going to one this Saturday. We're seeing pastors stand up in their pulpits, and they're done with this mess. And guys, I'm telling you, it wasn't the majority of America that was for the Revolutionary War. The estimated uh, population at that time was about 2.5 to 3 million people, and they say some less than 6% of America actually fought for independence. And not a lot of preachers were for it either, but the ones that were got involved in the fight. The ones that were were keeping their pulpits aflame. The ones that were were the ones fighting in, in, the, in, in the field. And so I'm giving you encouragement. And look what happened in the 1700s after the, great, the First Great Awakening. You know what happened? The Declaration of Independence. We saw our university start teaching our founders again. We saw our founders take philosophy and Bible and all these other things and governments, past governments, and they said, no, we're going to institute a new government. We're going to break free. So look what the effect, look at the effect of what the Great Awakening had on our founders. And John Adams actually said that the revolution was started by four ministers of the gospel, not by Benjamin Franklin, you know, George Washington and all these other guys. He noted them as admirable founding fathers, but he said the revolution started with our pulpits. It was our pastors. Okay, and you need to know that. So let's start praying for our pastors to have that authority in them, that backbone in them. When your pastor says, oh, I don't know if I should preach this. You tell him you preach it, boss, and we're behind you. You may not be perfect, but we're going to be behind you. And we need to start t saying that to our pastors. We need to start telling them to preach righteousness again. We need to tell them it's your time to stand up and shine. Right now, what happened after the Revolutionary War, after we signed the Declaration of Independence, after we have a country, we are now America. Amen. We're now America. You know what happened in the early 1800s after the war? Check this out, because there's nothing new under the sun. Right. What's up, uh, guys? Guys on Instagram, how you doing? Washington, Franklin, Whitfield, many of our founders passed away. They died and we forgot who we were. And a whole generation was raised to forget these men who have influence. Doesn't that sound like Egypt when he enslaved all the Israelites and Joseph died and we forgot his God and then he enslaved all the Israelites, right? And Goshen, you remember that story? And then the, God sent a deliverer named Moses after 400 years of crying out to him. Does anybody remember this story? There's nothing new under the sun. Don't start conforming to fear. 
conform to faith. If God did it once, he will do it again. Let's continue. In the early 1800s, after our Revolutionary War, after we said America's a great nation, we're under God, right? Here it is. Spiritual indifference was happening and less than 10% of the population in America belonged to a church. Doesn't that sound familiar like today, right? Profanity, lewdness, gambling, drunkenness were on the rise. What's happening now? Drug use, profanity, lewdness. Lewdness meaning crassness of body. We didn't care anymore. We're lasciviousness. We're just throwing our bodies out there. Anybody seen a pride parade lately? It's insane, right? Negative influences from the French Revolution and pamphlets like The Age of Reason by Thomas Paine were attacking Christianity. You know what I like in this too? Every time I hear a socialist, like a Bernie Sanders or someone say, well, how come we're not like Sweden or Denmark or something? We should be like them. No, we shouldn't. We're America. We're not like them. That's why we prosper, because we're America. We're not like those other nations. We're not like other gods. We don't want other gods. We don't want foreign entities. There's a reason we are America. So no, we don't want to be like the French or anybody else. We want to be like America, how we established. Remember 1,500 days of prayer and fasting? Remember all those times of prayer and fasting? Remember praying Valley Forge, George Washington, all the miracles, stuff you never hear about, right? Watch this. Colleges that were formed to train ministers of the gospel became places of agnosticism and infidelity. Yale, Princeton, Harvard, all, College of William and Mary, all colleges that were raised to train ministers of the gospel, they began to be soft. They started using atheistic names to teach now like Voltaire, Rousseau, Hume, and other influences that were more philosophers, right? Uh, but then from all the sin that was happening, there was a sect of Presbyterian ministers that got together and they wrote a letter and they said that they were filled with awful dread and concern of what was happening in the country and that God has a controversy with this nation. In other words, God's pretty pissed off at us right now. We got to do something is what they were saying. That's what was happening. God's angry and we need to do something right now. So then they began to fast and pray for revival. They began to fast and pray for revival. Church, saints, are we fasting and praying for God's revival to move on this earth? Are we fasting and praying though? We're not just saying, Lord, you need to bring a revival. I'm talking about getting on our knees. And you know what? That space on our carpets is wore out because of our knees, because of fasting and prayer. Can I just tell you a quick story? We posted it a couple days ago. There was a, a couple that came from Africa and the son came up to me, wonderful gentleman. He was like, I loved your messaging. And he had this accent, really heavy accent. Well, his mother-in-law was there, older woman. She had to have been in her seventies at this conference. And she said, my husband came here in 1981 to study at a, uh, what do they call him? Um, a college to, to be a minister. And she said, all of our people told him, you're going to the land of freedom and God, you're going to the land of where it's all accepted there. She goes, we both came here. And first thing he asked was, where's God? Where's the Lord? Where's, where's freedom? So the whole time they were looking at America as the light and beacon. And she looked at us and my wife and I were crying when she was talking. This woman was so anointed. She said, I have never ceased to weep. I've never ceased to weep for this nation for it to return back to God. And I will still continue to weep for it. It's still the greatest nation on earth. And we were like crying at our table. And this is an African woman who I don't even know if she had her citizenship yet. She was just there as a resident alien, a resident person. And here we are going, I live in America. And do I weep and fast and pray for God to be on this earth? 
Do I weep and fast and pray for my pastor to have the courage and the boldness to stand up in his pulpit? But yet I'm the first one complaining about what's going on in America. I'm the one who's living in fear. I'm the one saying, well, you know, I got all the answers and Massey's talking about something stupid. We don't need that. Well, then where's your ministry? That's cool if you don't think I'm talking about something relevant. Well, then you go start something and go do it. That's fine. But guys, we're not going to win this battle without God because God established this country. If it was on the, the premises of God, what makes us think we're going to get it back without God? What makes us think that we will not have the Lord at the forefront and that how, somehow we're going to win this battle, right? So I'm going to go back to this. After they began to fast and pray for revival, they made covenants with one another to set revival in motion. And the second great awakening swept through the country and it transformed America. So much so that Alexis de Tocqueville wrote a book in 1831 called Democracy in America. And I'm paraphrasing this quote, but he basically said the greatness of America was its religion. It was the pulpits. It was those things. The greatness wasn't in its fields or in its industries and all these other things. It was in the religion that they had, the spirit of religion they had, which was Christ. That's what made America great, he said, not anything else. And this is where I think we need to continuously push this thing forward. We need to continue. You know what I mean? So this whole thing about there's nothing, you know, oh my gosh, it's insurmountable. What are we going to do? There's nothing new under the sun. What's happening right now today can be absolved by the spirit of God. You just got to go after it. You just got to trust the Lord. You got to be the one to say, you know what? I don't care if everyone else thinks I'm crazy. I'm going to go out there and do what I'm called to do. And I'm going to fast and pray for this country, even if I'm doing it by myself. And what's cool about the Lord is he hears the prayer of one. He hears the intercession of one. You know how I know that? Because he leaves the 99 to go get the one. So what makes you think he's not hearing the intercession of the one? He will hear the faith of one. Man, dude, guys, comment below if you feel like you've interceded before and God has heard your prayer and answered, right? How many of you guys have seen God move on your behalf through prayer and fasting and you saw God create a miracle? I'm a walking miracle because of my mama's prayers and fasting. I almost killed myself and mama went to prayer for me. She contended for this soul and she did it. And I'm standing here because of what he's done in my life. I'm sitting in this chair talking to you about faith when I didn't even have it because someone took the time to pray for me. And I'm looking at all these people that we go speak to and I'm thinking, dude, your prayers were heard. I'm right here. We're going on doing the stuff. Our church is doing the stuff. Our church is willing and active and obedient. We're trying to do our best to go save our city by the grace of God, right? And if God did it once, he will do it again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some scripture down right now. Hebrews... 11. Read Hebrews 11 when you get a chance. Read Hebrews 11. And we're going to keep going here. You know, people tell me all the time, how do you have so much faith, man? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but here's what I'll say. Do you know how I know that God is about to do something awesome? Because Romans 5 says this, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Where sin abounds, where sin is great, grace abounds all the more. And do you guys know what grace means in the 1828 dictionary? It's a favorable influence and the renewed interest, influence of God in renewing of the heart and restraining you from sin. 
the favorable influence and divine influence of God in renewing the heart and restraining you from sin. Boy, I wish we would talk about grace like that in our churches, huh? It's not just unmerited favor. It actually is the influence of God to renew your heart against sin and to go revenge it when your obedience is fulfilled, it says in the Bible, to go do what we're called to do. Now, yes, Amber, right, do it again. Amen. Wow, look at all these comments. Amen. Praise God. Let's see. Just left an appointment. I'm going to show this one real fast. Uh, this is Jan. I just left an appointment within a minute of talking to a lady. We had a spiritual need that is very excited to come to revive and bring her kids. Amen. That's what we're talking about. I've seen many things happen due to praying for them. Amen. Look at this. Amber's right. Do it again, Lord. Go do it again, Lord. Come on, do it again. And that's what this show is about. Doing it again, Lord. Now, I'm going to throw another scripture here, Jeremiah 29, 4 through 11. I wrote this for a reason. Now, I want you guys on your phones or your Bibles, if you have them now, Jeremiah 29, 4 through 11. We're going to read it right now, okay? So I get this question a lot. Mass, what do we do? It's so evil out there. Hi, everyone on Instagram world. Thank you for tuning in. It's so evil out there, Mass. What do we do? Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? Are you guys ready? Jeremiah 29, 4 through 11. We all know Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for prosperity, not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. How many of you guys have a, either a coffee mug or a bumper sticker like that or some kind of ornament on your wall with that scripture? Great scripture. I use it all the time. It's freaking awesome. But watch this. This is what verse 4 and on says this. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says to the exiles whom I have sent to exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, as a Christian, doesn't it feel like sometimes we're in exile? Like our opinions aren't heard. It feels like they shout us down no matter what. No matter what you do as a white Christian, you're racist, xenophobic, homophobic, blah, blah, blah. As a Christian, you're, you're, you're transphobe and all these other things. It feels like, dang, we're, we're just un, we're, we're, we're unaccepted, right? It feels like we're in exile, right? But I want you to see verse 5 and on. And this is what I love about the power of God and the power of God working and resting in things. Verse 5 says this. Build houses and live in them. Build houses and live in them and plant gardens and eat their produce. He's saying when you're going into exile and times get tough and you feel like, oh, my gosh, we're enslaved. Oh, goodness. Right. You know what he said? Go stink and build some houses and live in them. Go plant your gardens and eat from them. Listen to this. Verse six. Take wives and father, sons and daughters. Take your wives and father sons and daughters. It doesn't say uh, uh, have sons and daughters. It says to father them. What does it mean to father them? Well, if father, our father God, Abba, disciples us, we should be discipling our children. We should be encouraging our wives, like it says in Ephesians 5. We should be the ones standing out in the gap for our kids. We should be defending them, fathering them, protecting them. That's what we should be doing, protecting your children. That's what it says here. He never told them to stop being Christians. When it got hard, he didn't say, well, just wait for my return. Wait till I deliver you. Then you can start living prosperously in the land. He said, no, when you're in captivity, go build anyway. Go do your thing. Watch this. And take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may give birth to sons and to daughters. 
and grow in numbers and there do not decrease. How many of you guys have heard from young people? I don't want to have kids right now because it's so evil out there and I don't know how to raise my children. They have never read scripture. And you need to put scripture in front of them saying, the Bible didn't tell us to decrease. It told us to increase. It told us when it got dark, he'd be our father and deliver us. It told us when, we, when it got dark to be even more a Christian. It told us that when it's dark, as it says in Ecclesiastes, the light is about to shine, right? So to me, when it's dark out there, all it shows me is that the light's coming. The light is coming. The light is coming. You're going to see something in this transgender movement in the next five to 10 years. You're going to see them preaching the gospel. You're going to see them radically converted and transformed. And it won't be a conservative movement. It'll be a Christian movement. It'll be something we've never seen before. I'm telling you, oh, I'm going to show you. <laughs> There's some good stuff here, okay? Ah, and then he says this in verse 7. Seek the prosperity of the city where I've sent you into exile. Seek the prosperity of your city. Seek the prosperity of your city. And pray to the Lord in its behalf. What I was just challenging with in this two-hour prayer and fasting, he said, seek the prosperity of your city and pray to the Lord in its behalf. For when your city begins to prosper, you begin to prosper. What the flip are we worried about? What are we afraid of? Dude, the God of heaven who created all of this, who's laughing at the plans of the enemy right now, is telling you in the midst of all of this to go be a Christian, to not back down, to stand up, to go do, to be the people of God he called you to be, right? And then when you go down to verse 11, he says this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans I've always had for you. Plans for prosperity and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. And I believe it was to those who were, who were repentant and actually obeyed his word. See, here's what's so cool. I would have despaired, like it says in Psalms, unless I'd believed I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have despaired unless I'd seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what the Bible says. That's why we do this. That's why we do this. I'm going to read you guys another verse real quick and we'll get off. How many of you guys are having a Bible study? We're having church right now. Amen. I'm going to read you something really, 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 really awesome. Uh, one second, guys. Sorry. Yep. Um, listen, everybody go to Habakkuk 1. Habakkuk 1. I misspelled Habakkuk, so don't, don't judge me, Christian people, okay? Verse 1 and 2, okay? We're going to get right into this, and we're going to end with this. He says this, the oracle which Habakkuk the prophet saw. Watch this. How long, O Lord, will I call for help and you will not hear? I cry out to you violence, yet you do not save. Lord, what the flip? It feels like we're losing. Why do you make me see wickedness and iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists and contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored and justice is never upheld. Doesn't this sound familiar? For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted. 
Justice is being perverted right now. Can we all agree? Comment below. Justice is being perverted. And then God responds to Habakkuk. Watch this. Oh, God. Father, I love you because of this stuff, because you show me that you're willing to do it on the behalf of your servants. Look what he says here. Look among the nations and observe. Observe with an exclamation point, he says. Look among the nations, he says with an exclamation point. Observe, exclamation point. Be astonished, exclamation point, and wonder, exclamation point, because I am doing something in your days. You would not believe it if you were told. Oh, God. Forgive me, Lord, when I don't have faith, man. Forgive me when I don't get it, Lord. Forgive me when I don't have faith. He said, for behold, I'm raising up the Chaldeans and the fierce impetuous people who march throughout the earth to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. They're dreaded and feared. The justice and authority originate them with themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards and keener than wolves in the evening. And the horsemen come galloping and their horsemen come from afar. He said, all of them come for violence. Their horde of faces moves forward. They collect captives like sand. Watch this. He said, they sweep through like the wind and pass on, but they will be held guilty. They will be held guilty. And they whose strength is their own God, they will be held guilty for this, right? They're going to, he said, are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? Then he goes to worshiping God. Do you not see what happened here? Lord, we've been crying for years. It just feels like we're not getting anywhere. Why is this happening right here? Look among the nations and observe. Be astonished and wonder because I am doing something in your days. You would not believe it if I said you wouldn't believe it if I told you. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. So I'm going to pray for us right now. Did you guys get something out of today? Please share this video. Go on to the selfevidenttruth.com. Guys, check out our merch store and our blogs and things. Thank you so much for your support. We, 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 we appreciate that so much, so much. But I'm going to pray right now, um, if you don't mind. Comment below if you feel ministered to this morning, if the Holy Spirit touched you this morning. Because this is about, this is about faith now. This is about what we don't have and we need to have. Amen. So, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the general of the armies of heaven, the one who said he would fight for us and go before us, the one who said he would stand in the gap for us, Father, I praise your name this morning. Lord, I bless you because without you, I got nothing, Lord. And I know even preaching this message, there's more for me to do in obedience. I need to fast more. I need to pray more and all these things. Lord, you're challenging us to that walk. But Father, I pray that as, as Christians, we never lose heart. We never lose heart. That your glory would fill the earth. That you would shine on the behalf of the righteous, Father. That you would be the one to give us hope. You'd be the one to give us peace. You'd be the one to give us strength, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I praise you and I bless you because of who you are and your greatness and your strength and your grandeur and who you are, Father. And I bless the people watching and listening to this right now. Lord, I'm no prophet. I don't care about that stuff. I care about what you put in me. And Lord, that we strengthen the brothers because of faith. We strengthen them by the renewing of their mind according to scripture, that we read the Bible and see what you've done. If you delivered them once, you can deliver them again in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for healings today. 
that father if someone's physical ailing right now holy spirit i pray you touch them right now in the name of jesus and that father you came with victory against all wickedness disease all these things father so we just praise you for that we thank you for the holy spirit to have his way father we bless you this morning for greatness uh to come through that our faith would stand and rest not in the wisdom of men but in the power of god and that you would be on our behalf and you would go before us in victory and in power lord we bless you this morning because we get the chance to do this we get the chance to see your glory move in this country we get the chance that our sons and daughters get to actually see and hear their prayers answered by the god of heaven and not depend on our faith that they get to see it for themselves and do it themselves so lord we call upon the name of the living god right now that you would rest on us but father again that you would restore this nation to righteousness and those wicked who don't listen i pray that you would do to habakkuk or what habakkuk said to them and lord we give you praise honor and glory because you are great you are righteous you are merciful you are awesome and lord we bless these folks listening and restore to them father the joy of their salvation restore to them the joy of their salvation in the name of jesus christ amen amen god bless you guys share this video get it out there it was a fun video thanks so much hey lily uh, a lot of people uh, joined today on instagram and some different things i guess youtube i guess uh we love you guys so much thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing god bless you we will see you soon in studio and god is awesome and you know what he's chosen you for this specific time and purpose he's chosen you to do what you're called to do to reform this nation back to christ and it really takes this go into all the world go go get them they're out there they're ready for us in jesus name amen god bless you guys